welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy you are here. You guys probably have noticed if you are like a regular listener that last week I did not have an episode. I had a few messages about that and I posted on my Instagram story about it, but I have been doing this podcast for close to a year now. My first trailer went up April 13th and then my first episode on April 20th. And so I knew in April I wanted to take a week off the podcast just to kind of recharge. I obviously do a lot of solo episodes on this podcast and I think I've done close to 40 or 45 episodes in the past year. So I almost did every single Monday. And after talking that much, about like 45 minutes an episode, it is really nice to have a break to just come up with new ideas, think of new guests to have on, and just kind of reset and recharge. And that was just something that I wanted to give myself for making it a year doing the podcast. I'm so thankful for the community that I have on here, for all the listeners, just the fact that people noticed that there wasn't one on Monday. It just means a lot that you guys actually listen to this podcast and appreciate it that much to be like, hey, where was last week's episode? And so that is why I think it's just really exciting that it's been a year. I'm so excited for the year to come. I think that this podcast is just going to grow and evolve as I grow and evolve because it is mostly a lot of solo episodes. Something that I like to do once a month is just to look back at my old episodes and see which ones performed the best, which ones you guys liked the most, the ones that had the most listens. And some of the ones that had the most are definitely any podcast episodes I do on marriage or relationships, as well as fitness and And when I bring on guests that you guys know I really like and that I talk about a lot and those episodes do the best. And so I wanted to do another marriage episode. I have obviously not been married super long. It's been seven months now, I believe. It'll be eight months next month. And so I wanted to do another episode just kind of sharing things that I've learned Based off of your guys' questions, I think that when I was planning this episode, I was actually going to do like my biggest mistakes I've made in marriage yet. One of those because I do that with career. I do that with fitness. I've done episodes like that. I was going to do it with marriage, even though I don't think I've made like any huge mistakes or just minor things. And I'm like, oh, I probably should have done that differently or, oh, I thought that was going to be different before I got into marriage. But I asked for you guys to submit your advice questions in regards to marriage. And I got so many questions, like honestly, more questions than I even get in my life advice episodes and I just asked for those on my Instagram which is the best place if you guys ever want to get involved with my podcast is just follow me on Instagram which is at Michelle Reed. I don't even really post that much in my feed but I do quite a few stories if you're someone who likes watching stories. I love watching stories so it's a great place to be if you enjoy that kind of stuff but I got so many just thoughtful questions and I figured I would just kind of integrate the mistakes I wrote out within the questions because I'm pretty sure in every single one of these questions I could come up with some mistake I've made and so I thought that that would be a better way to do it. I also like episodes where I'm engaging with you guys and kind of interacting with you guys because I think when you hear me read questions from other viewers it kind of gives you some insight on other people who are listening to my podcast other things they're going through maybe you realize oh my gosh I'm not the only one who thinks that or I'm not the only one who dealt with that problem or whatever so even if you're not married even if you're not planning on getting married anytime soon I think this could be just an insightful episode if that's something in the far off future you're thinking of but again not a counselor I don't know everything. I'm just 22. I've been married for seven months and this is kind of what I've learned so far. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer in the beginning. So for today's life update, I'm currently sitting in my closet where I record all these episodes and I'm drinking a Diet Coke, which I used to really like soda in high school, but as I got older, 
I just stopped drinking it, realized it's not really good for you. I'm not really a big soda person. And there were a solid four years where I don't even think I had any soda. Like I didn't even have a sip. But recently I've been on a Diet Coke kick where I just really like Diet Coke. So every now and then instead of an afternoon coffee, I'll pour myself like half a bottle of Diet Coke over ice and it just hits really well. I think when spring and summer come around, just a cold Diet Coke sounds really good sometimes, but I know it's not the best for you. I know it's probably not the thing I should be drinking. I also ordered Olipop, which is supposed to be like a healthier kind of soda in air quotes. And I'm really excited about that. I was actually influenced. I was watching my friend Mikkel Jancy's videos, which, side note, really love her videos. If you need someone to watch, she's a Christian. She is really cute. She makes vlogs. She posts very often if you like frequent content. But she did an ad with them, and I just really wanted to try them. I was actually supposed to do an ad with them, but I don't ever know what happened to that. I don't think it got fully executed, but I'm really excited to try them. So let me know if you guys have tried them. I am really excited. I have honestly just overall in my life been really focused on positive content online and really watching people who uplift me, specifically two people. One is Sammy Clark. She's a fitness person. She also does health. She's so cute. I love her workouts, but I've never watched her vlogs really, but I just went through and binge watched all of her vlogs. She's so cute and positive and uplifting, and I just like watching people who really make me want to be better at certain things in my life. So I've really been liking her. I mentioned Mikkel, and I've also been watching, I mentioned her in my YouTube video, Lauren Doan or Doan. She's a college YouTuber. If you're in college, she makes a lot of like productive vlogs, but she also got a golden retriever puppy and ours are pretty much the same age. And so it just makes me really happy watching her vlogs because I can see how her dog Rocco is doing. That's his name, which is such a cute name. I just feel like I'm in a similar stage of life. Her and her boyfriend are really cute and she just seems like a really sweet person. So I wanted to give her a shout out. I'll have all the YouTubers I mentioned in the show notes, but I don't normally do that. But I think it's so important when you really watch someone and consume their content, especially because you're consuming it for free for the most part, to kind of give them a shout out every now and then because I'm sure you guys have heard of these people I just really like them. And sometimes I forget to share like the YouTubers and the podcasters that I'm listening to. I wanted to let you guys in on something super special. First off, I'm so thankful that World Vision is partnering with me on today's podcast. If you guys watch my YouTube channel, you've probably seen that I'm working with them on their chosen campaign. World Vision has a child sponsorship program that helps address the root causes of different communities that are suffering from poverty. So they help these communities out, whether that be with having clean water, better education, having better infrastructure, and actually helping them with economic opportunities. Something that I mentioned in the video is how I think it's really special how World Vision is being so intentional with how they help communities get out of poverty and that they're helping them become self-sufficient rather than making them dependent on outside support, which I think is so important. I actually got to have a call with one of their employees in Bangladesh, which is where the Chosen campaign is happening right now. So I wanted to share his insight about what World Vision is doing over there if you guys want to hear some more. I'd also like to know some of the ways that the child sponsorship actually impacts the kids and their families in the different communities. So uh, you will help a child uh, and uh, other vulnerable children in the community will get uh, life-changing uh, support like uh, clean water, the nutrition, healthcare, mm -hmm. education, uh, job for their parents, and then protection and uh, sharing God's love. So this water source is set for the whole community so that the sponsored children and other children, they can access 
and water is life you know and uh, mm -hmm. if the children they don't get, uh, access uh, safe water then they will get sick uh, from waterborne diseases like uh, diarrhea cholera dysentery like that. the power uh, power to choose in, is in a child's hand you know and uh, as the uh, bible says in, in the book uh, in the gospel of john chapter 15 verse 16 jesus says you did not choose me but i chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. When we organize uh, any chosen event, that is a life experience for the children, parents, community, and also staff. And uh, when we organize any event, we tell children and parents to come in a, in a particular uh, set schedule uh, or date. And we, we decorate this place uh, uh, so that the children, they can come and enjoy that place, like with balloons, uh, lots of play, play materials. So for the Chosen campaign, it is essentially $39 a month and you will get to sponsor a child. Now, their sponsorship is a little bit different in that this money is pooled together to actually go to the child's entire community because they have evidence that the best way to help a child suffering from poverty is to help his or her whole community. And so it's $39 a month and that fee is until the child is self-sufficient. So that can be 10 to 15 years until he or she is not in need of sponsorship anymore. So it is a long-term commitment. So they have these chosen events where the children get to come and a covid safe way they have a lot of precautions if you guys want to check out their website and actually pick their sponsors so when you sign up you provide a photo of you and that's the photo that the child is going to get to see and ultimately see if he or she wants to choose you and then we as the sponsors get to see who chose us and the really special thing is world vision actually created a facebook group for me where i can actually get to kind of chat with you guys while we're all waiting to be chosen by a child and so we'll get to kind of go back and forth and share who chose us us and share the anticipation leading up to it and I love engaging with you guys. It's one of my favorite things. I spend an hour every time I upload a video responding to comments. I respond to my DMs and this is really important to me. And so I'm so excited that they're actually doing this. So the campaign actually runs from April 8th to April 15th. So that is how long you have to sign up. So if you're listening to this on Monday when this podcast goes up, you have until Thursday. And then the children are actually going to get sent the photos on April 16th of all the sponsors. April 21st is the chosen day where they will choose their sponsor and and then April 26th is the day where you will actually figure out who chose you. Now, these dates are subject to change just because of COVID and lockdowns in Bangladesh. And so if anything actually changes, I will keep you guys updated in the Facebook group as well as on my YouTube comments. So just stay tuned for that if anything happens to change. And as far as actually getting into the Facebook group, once you guys complete your registration at the end, there will be an orange check it out button and it shares like see other people who are getting sponsored and you will click that and you'll also get a welcome email and that button will also be in that email as well if you want visuals of this because obviously this is a podcast you can watch my recent weekend in my life video and that is where I talk about world vision and I actually show screenshots if you are confused and can't find it I am so excited that I get to work with such an awesome organization who's doing so much good in the world so if this is something that you feel called to sign up for I talk a lot about generosity and specifically within our marriage 
that was something that we never wanted to lose sight of was actually finding ways to tangibly help those who are in need whether that be through tithing, volunteering, giving our time, and doing things like Chosen and signing up to sponsor a child. Those are all things that I think are really important to do. So I will have them in the show notes. If you guys want to check out more about World Vision, you want to learn more about them, or if you want to sign up to actually get Chosen, it'll also be there. Okay, let's get into the question. She says, I'm getting married in August and I'm wondering about how to best combine your life with your husband. My fiance and I have lived together for almost a year now, so we know how to live together and have a combined life in that sense. But the part that makes us lost is when we combine finances and things like that. Do you have any advice or resources that helped you do this with your husband? Yes, my biggest tip would first off, if you are planning on having joint accounts, if that's something that you're interested in, I know everyone's different, but that's how our situation is. I would encourage you to do this as soon as you can after getting married. It can be really tricky when this is like our, it took us a little bit to do it because it's a lot of work to go to the bank and actually merge and close one person's account when you actually merge and just do all the logistics. That was one thing that we waited like a hot sec to do after getting married. But I think a lot of times you get into the, this is my money, this is your money, and it just gets kind of tricky. And if that works for you, that's totally fine. If that works for you, that just wasn't something that we really wanted to do because I can say after doing it for a month, it was just not a vibe. I felt so much more secure in my finances when I felt like we had a plan together and we had one checking account, one savings account. Well, we have a couple of savings accounts depending on where stuff is going. But I just felt a lot more in tune with our finances and just a lot more accountable. Not that I feel restricted in my purchases only to the extent that we have a budget we use and Aiden really doesn't spend nearly as much money as I do. He like will go buy a couple of shirts every now and then or supplements. He spends a lot less money than me but it's just nice knowing that there's a plan we can stick to and I feel like there's some accountability there because if you do I saw something actually on Instagram the other day. It was someone talking about how you can pay off your debt and hold a budget and get everything you want still. And that's just not true. I read that and I was like, if you actually want to have a budget, you actually want to pay off debt, you have to make sacrifices in your life. And I think it's good for us to make sacrifices to a certain extent. And yeah, I just saw that. I was thinking about that. I was like, what? That's kind of crazy. Just practical steps, set an appointment at the bank. They'll walk you through exactly how to do it and just start a budget. If you haven't done that with your significant other, that is really helpful to start from the beginning. I know it can seem really daunting, but you just start checking things off one at a time and it'll slowly happen. Like we started with our checking and our savings account doing that and then we merged our investing accounts and then we kind of figured out our retirement and all that kind of stuff and you just slowly start to do it. I think just finding a good budget resource. We actually have an Excel sheet Aiden created for one of my videos a long time ago about saving. If you need a template, I'll have it in the show notes. It's just a Dropbox file, but if you don't have a budget yet, I think that could be a helpful resource. I know there's the Every Dollar app if you want to track, but yeah, I just think you kind of jump into it and you learn as you go. We had a month where we didn't have a budget where we're like, let's just see where we're at, how much we're spending, the both of us. And then we looked at how much we spent. We're like, okay, let's cut from this area. We can add in this area and just kind of do like a a check of where all your money's going as of now, but that would be my best advice. So it says, I was wondering what your experience has been with in-laws and how to best love them. My boyfriend 
and hopefully soon to be fiance, had a very different upbringing from me. My family really prioritized church when I grew up and his family didn't. My parents were stricter when it came to social activities, but his parents allowed their kids to be rather independent. His parents and siblings are such wonderful people, but in many ways, they hold different values compared to my boyfriend and I. As someone who comes from a family-oriented background, dating someone whose family holds different values, I was wondering what your experience was like with Aiden when it came to getting to know and genuinely love his family. I'm sure that there were ways his family did things differently than yours. I'm curious to know how you and Aiden learned about and interacted with one another's families. Did you find it easy to get along with his family? What are some tips for someone who is navigating this season? So no matter what kind of family your significant other comes from, they're not going to be exactly like your family. No matter how similar, no matter how much your values align or don't align, they are going to be different. And I think the important thing to remember is this family raised the person that you're going to be marrying or that you are married or you're married to. And so there's a certain extent where you respect and love them and you do see them as your family. But I do want to say, I know some people are in really toxic situations where their in-laws are just not the easiest people to get along with. But for me, I just know how much I love and respect my family and how I would never want the person I'm marrying to nitpick my family or make comments about my family. And yeah, if there's like actually stuff going on, I think there's a time and place for that. But for the most part, I am so, I'm so thankful for both our families. Our families are different, but I appreciate them so much. And with time, you just do get closer to the other family. I've just found as I go up there for Christmas and see his family. And I wish we were closer to his family so we could see them more, but it was sweet. His mom sent us Easter baskets for Easter and she like made me an Easter basket. And it's just like the small things like that where you actually feel like you're included in the family, but that takes making an effort and reaching out and just trying to be there for the other family and kind of see past the small things. It's really not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but I know that some people come from very different situations because I read my life advice questions and (laughs) some people's in-laws are just really hard to get along with. So my biggest tip was just make the other family feel loved. I think a lot of times when there's kind of like resentment or bitterness, it might be because they feel like you're closer to one family than the other, but trying to make them feel included and just making sure that you see them as much as you can and while also knowing that this is something that we kind of knew when we got married you're also forming your own family like this is a time when you're getting married you're going to be starting your own family together and you can take values that you appreciated from each of your backgrounds and kind of merge them together and create your own family and that's kind of how I always saw it was we don't have to do things exactly one way it can be kind of like both our ways so I know that's not very much like tangible advice, but I am someone, you guys, if you watch my videos, you listen to my podcast, family is very important to me, respecting my family. And part of the reason why I'm like that is because I do really love my family. And I think my parents did a really great job raising me and it's something that I really respect them for. And I know that Aiden's family also did a really good great job raising him because ultimately I got married to him. So I saw something in him that was partly due to his family. So in going off that, someone actually sent in this piece of advice that I wanted to read because it was also related to in-laws. But she says, the best piece of marriage advice my husband and I were given is blood confronts blood. Meaning if there's an issue with my side of the family, I confront them. If there's an issue with my husband's side of the family, he confronts them. 
Our pastor gave us this advice during premarital counseling, and it has been very useful in helping us navigate becoming our own family unit while still respecting each other's families. It helps to prevent bad blood from forming between ourselves and our in-laws, but still allows an outlet for problems to be worked through and discussed. I totally agree with that. That's also how my family always did it and how the person that you're married to should always be the one who kind of brings up things with his or her family. So I really like that and wanted to read that. So she sent in a few questions, but I'm just going to answer one. She says, what is one way your character has grown through because of marriage? I think the biggest thing, and this is the thing you probably hear the most, but it actually is really true, is just getting so much more selfless. And I think that there are a lot of ways where like our culture now kind of makes this seem like a bad thing where it's just so me focused. What do I want? Actually, my friend Kenzie Elizabeth actually mentioned a book kind of about this and about like getting married and a healthy way of depending on one another and supporting one another. I forgot what it's called. I need to text her and ask her. You just make sacrifices for the other person and you compromise for them and you do things for the other person and you do it with a loving heart. And it's just so countercultural, but I can just say I'm so much more happy living this way than everything just being so me focused because the reality is the world is not always going to cater to you but the beauty within a marriage is that you just get to kind of die to yourself and serve one another and I think that that's a really beautiful thing so I think that those words are also kind of lofty though so I'm thinking in a practical way of like how you kind of be more selfless yeah just going out of your way to make the other person's life a little bit easier because you genuinely love them a lot and I think that it does make you grow so much more stronger and you know times where Aiden and I have things that we do like he takes out the trash and I take out cash in the morning he takes cash out at night but every now and then he'll just wake up with our alarm when cash wakes up and he'll be like no I got him today and he'll go take him out in the morning and it's just the small things of okay he didn't have to do that he could have slept in because he went to bed later than me and this is kind of outside how we normally do things but it just means a lot that he goes out of the way to do that and I think small things like that when you're doing them every day because marriage is so like you're doing the same things every day it can get mundane but those small acts of serving the other person actually go really far and it's something that I think has definitely shaped both of our characters So here is another in-law one. They say, My husband and I have been married a year and a half. We mostly dated long distance while he was in school in Fort Worth until he moved to Tennessee to be closer to me and then later marry. We now live 30 minutes from my family while we live five hours from his family. Since my husband hasn't lived in his hometown since high school, I didn't think that homesickness would be an issue when he moved to Tennessee. My husband is very close to his family and talks to them on the phone often, and he is adamant that he does not want to move back to his hometown. However, there is still a jealousy that we see my family weekly and his family bi-monthly. Our situation is very similar to yours and that we are geographically close to my family while we only see his family every couple of months. How did you and Ada maintain a balance? This is a great question, and I wanted to answer this because I sometimes get questions on this, but it's so real that this could happen. I kind of touched on this on the in-law question, but if you guys don't know, Aiden's family is, his mom is in Rhode Island, his dad's in Nebraska, so it's even more complex when someone has divorced parents. There's three or four families in the mix, and it can be really hard when you feel guilty because you can't see everyone, and it is really hard. Like, I wish we could see 
his mom more. I wish we could see his dad more. His brother is actually studying abroad over the summer. He's actually staying with us this week though, which is really fun. And I think that's the key is even if we see my family like once a week, I think when you're seeing his family, you be totally intentional when you're there. You don't spend a lot of time on your phone. You really spend time with his family in a way where you are engaged in there. I think sometimes because we see my family every week, maybe I'm like scrolling while I'm sitting on the couch or I'm not really trying to soak up the time in a way where we see his family. It's like, okay, we are doing stuff every day. We got a week. We're going to really savor it up. I'm not going to work as much. And I make them like a total priority. You also said he calls his parents a lot, which I think is really good. Just make them feel very much included. Aiden talks to his family very often. And another thing is just splitting holidays. This is something that my sister Lindsay did with her husband. And so we started doing this when we got married, but we spend Christmas with one family, Thanksgiving with the other, and then we switch off instead of actually splitting a holiday, like spending half at one family, half at the other. The reason for this is I feel like because his family so far we can really just be intentional when we're with them and be really focused on the family that we're spending the holiday with instead of our minds being in two different places but whatever works for you if you can split that's also really fine but I just know this worked for her so that's what we did but yeah it's really difficult we're ultimately here because Aiden got a really good job here and it's a lot more affordable being in here because when we were up north it just was more expensive like I think about how we were looking at such small studio apartments in New York City and I just thank God and I raise my hands and say thank you God for having more space here because I know that could have added kind of a strain on a relationship when you first move in together and you're in a tiny apartment but that doesn't mean you just go out of the way to spend time his mom's visiting us in May for Mother's Day and for like a week and I'm really thankful that they make the effort to see us especially now that restrictions are easing up because I know it was really hard in the past year because his family wasn't really traveling and so we only saw them when we went up there and I think it's going to be a bit easier now but yeah I think just trying to make the other family feel connected and talking about it with your husband talking about how he feels about it and just making sure that he gets everything off his chest and it's not being bottled up for later I would love if you could touch on the social media pressures that couples face in today's society I feel like we're constantly comparing ourselves are we taking enough pictures do we post enough about each other why don't we go on more trips like so so why don't we do that you never take me to do things like that etc I wish couples would be more comfortable with being true to themselves love is not a show and I think couples today face a lot of comparison and feel this pressure from social media I so so agree with this and it's a big reason why I don't publicly share everything about my relationship online because I think that this is so true and honestly things are never exactly how they appear online like people are posting their highlight reels and that's why I try to do these episodes to kind of share the ins and outs because I do think it's good just to learn what it's really like um but yeah I totally think I felt that pressure more so when I was dating and before getting married because it is kind of like this thing that people hype up especially the going on trips and posting photos together and yeah I think that's something that I always ask myself is am I posting this because I genuinely want to post this or because I'm trying to make people look at my relationship and think a certain way and I don't think that any of my posts that I do about Aiden are like that anymore. I think that love is so much more deep than it appears on movies and social media. Another question I got is, 
how come you're never scared of falling out of love when you're married and I can't express this other than that the way that I feel now after dating for four years and almost being together for five years and being married for seven months that my love has just grown so much more deeply for Aiden but in a way that it's so different than when I first started dating him like things were electric at the start and everything's so new and you get butterflies and I still feel like I get that way But now I love him in such a deeper way because I depend on him. We've gone through such hard things together. We've talked about things together. And I just know in my heart, and maybe this is kind of a bad thing, but I just can't imagine my life without him. Like, I truly feel like as a Christian, a lot of people say your spouse shouldn't complete you, that God should complete you. And I do feel like it's like God's at the top and then it's a triangle where we're at the bottom. But I can't imagine my life without him. Like, it's just such a deeper love, but I didn't feel that way our first date together. So I think love just grows and evolves, and like I said about shaping my character, I just love in a much different way than I used to. And But a lot of times you don't see all those kind of harder moments that are shaping love on social media. You just see the really nice dates or the trips or the cute photos together that you get done with a photographer. Like, those are such small moments that don't actually capture someone's love. So I would just say, especially if you are having trouble with comparing yourself, just to mute people. I do that when there are particular people that I feel, and this is like my problem, not theirs, but I feel jealous of, I just mute them. Or I started going off of Instagram once a week on Sundays, and it really does help me resist the urge to compare myself. My boyfriend and I have been together for over a year and we are both very keen to get married. We are Christians and view marriage as a huge step before God and it's something we had talked and prayed over for many months. We hope to get engaged soon but financially I'm worried that we won't be starting in a good position for marriage. My boyfriend has had some financial difficulties in the past due to some family situations and so he has very few savings. We are both in good jobs and are very budget-minded but I know that getting married and buying a house are huge expenses. Is it better to hold off on a wedding until we are in a financially good place or get married sooner and do things on a smaller scale with the savings that we have? So my brain kind of goes in two different directions with this question because on one side I loved how our wedding turned out. It was a lot smaller than I had imagined but we still spent pretty much the same price instead of like I guess the only way we spent less was because less food for people all that kind of thing, but you still kind of have to get all the decorations you want and all that kind of stuff. And I would say we spent, for me, like more in my mind than I would have liked to, but I don't have any regrets for that because it was such a special day. And I do think your wedding is special. And if you want to spend more on it and be smart about it, I think that's okay. But if you're in the position that you don't have a lot of savings to do that, I would recommend going in a smaller route just because... I mean, I had been saving up for our wedding probably for the past two years before getting married. Like, I had a special kind of amount set aside for everything. But I don't think you should hold off on getting married because you want a really big wedding if... I don't know. This one's hard because I actually think you should hold off on getting married if you want to have a special wedding. Like, you should want that even though it is about the marriage. This one just makes me conflicted. I think you have to kind of assess your priorities. I wouldn't recommend spending all your savings on a wedding because it can be very stressful when you start a marriage with finances being really tight. I'm not saying it's impossible, but 
financial issues are a big reason why people argue and have disagreements and ultimately a lot of people get divorced because of it because finances do add a big strain and I feel very grateful that that is an area we have not really had to obviously everyone kind of stresses about finances to a certain extent but we weren't struggling because we had spent all of our savings on our wedding and had nothing like I I could have we could have spent more on catering or a venue or insert x y and z but I spent the amount that I had budgeted for so I think it just depends on you but that is really exciting and I hope with whatever decision that you choose you feel very confident in it mentally what was the hardest transition from being engaged slash not married to being married I think for me so I'm someone who likes doing things a certain way and I'm very much a routine person I've always been the kind of roommate where I did my own thing and I had my own schedule I had my own morning routine I had my own night routine I was never super like in tune with my roommate it was like we would hang out at night but we bought separate groceries and we just kind of did our own thing which I think is fine I think it just depends on who you are as a roommate but when you get married a lot of times those things are very overlapped and you have someone else you're thinking of someone else's schedule you're thinking of and I think the biggest adjustment was just me realizing that it's not like my way all the time and I think that's the biggest thing if you're moving in with anyone for the first time that you do kind of have to learn how to do things with another person I will say I do think Aiden has a more kind of relaxed personality versus mine well I don't know if I would say more relaxed I think we both get more kind of type a about certain things but he ultimately is better at like not conforming to a strict routine versus I do like that so I do think I kind of set the routine for the most part but just kind of getting used to living with someone else was probably the biggest transition but I'll say it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be I thought it would be a bigger transition but for the most part we still have our times of independence where we're doing our own thing and doing like our own alone time but it's still a transition nonetheless this one kind of goes off that. It says, how do you go about setting up when it's intentional time and when you both semi-work from home? I am newly married and loving it, but my partner and I struggle with this. We are around each other all the time and are good about being respectful of each other's day jobs. But my feelings get hurt at night when he gets on his phone during a movie or when I want to do something together, but he wants to play video games. While we are good about giving each other introverted time right after work, I want more intention in our relationship in the evenings, so it does not feel like we are just roommates sitting around. Hopefully this all makes sense. Basically, I'm asking how you and Aiden express expectations and set up boundaries for intentional time when you're under the same roof. This is a great question because I think that's one of the biggest issues people face is feeling like you're living with a roommate instead of your spouse, and I can just say you got to create a schedule. You got to schedule out the intentional time because oftentimes you're just so tired after work. You're so brain dead. For me, I kind of get excited at night because my job is very much me being alone all day, introverted, making my videos, doing this podcast, feeling like I'm talking to people, but I'm ultimately not actually talking to people directly versus he is calling people, emailing people, really interacting people, really interacting with people all day. So I kind of have to realize, okay, he probably needs like some time to chill after work before me just being like, I'm ready to chat because I'm ready to go and more wired. But we have nights where we will actually schedule out like intentional time of going on a date. That's 
advice that I've gotten from people that you should always have a date night and a night where you just kind of leave your phone. Like the other night, we went to a restaurant. This is really cute outdoor restaurant, but I accidentally left my phone at home. It wasn't even intentional, but it was so nice just getting to go there. I'm definitely the one who's more prone to going on my phone than he is. He doesn't really feel the need to be on his phone all the time. But sometimes I forget that, okay, this is intentional time. I don't just need to act like this is just another night. Like we actually need to sit and have a really good conversation and just have a good night. And I always have so much more fun on the nights where I do that. So maybe ask him if you guys can start setting aside a night, even if you're not going on an actual date, like you're watching a movie, but it is set aside that, okay, this is time we're actually going to be intimate together, which I think is so much more than just being physical. I think it's having good conversations and just loving each other in the ways that you need. I'm sure your love language is quality time based on this and it's something that you crave and need. So just asking, my voice just cracked, I'm sorry. Asking for that intentional time and making sure you both honor that while also having nights where you give each other some space at least for an hour or so. So that's my advice for that one. I am recently engaged and I'm nervous about my first time with my partner. I have waited until marriage and he has not. While we're both excited about our first time, I'm worried that I won't meet his expectations. And I don't mean performance-wise, but body-wise. People have told me not to be worried about that and even my partner has said that he has no expectations. But I'm nervous for any ounce of disappointment from him. And to be honest, I'm not the most confident about my body either and I look a lot different than his exes. I'm worried that this will get in the way of us enjoying our first time. What is your advice on being confident going into your first time? Was there anything you did to prepare yourself physically and mentally? So this question is so close to my heart because I think this is something that a lot of people deal with. And I just want to reassure you that what you look like is such a bigger kind of issue in your own head. And I'm sure that he is not going to be thinking about that at all. Like, I just want you to know that that this is something that's so special, but it's going to be what it's going to be. And I think going into it with not a lot of expectations, but just realizing that it's so special and so meaningful and it's just going to be what it's going to be. And you do not need to stress about the way that you're going to look. I think if you want to have a plan before, I think that can be helpful if you're that kind of person. I don't think you have to though because sometimes that can add more stress, but just feeling good mentally beforehand. If you want to plan out like something that you're going to wear, I think that can be helpful. But just knowing that this is something that if you're marrying this person, that they love you so much and they also are going to think that it's special. And I just want you to know more than anything, I don't have like practical advice for this, but I just want you to know that This is a problem that's so much bigger in your head, especially the thing about comparing yourself to his exes. You do not need to do that because he's not marrying his exes. He's marrying you. And so this is it and it's going to be special and you are also so beautiful and you do not need to worry about the way that you're going to look. That is just not something that's going to be on your mind. And I promise when it happens, it's not going to be something that you're focused on either. This says, currently my fiance shares pretty much all of my hobbies with me because we naturally have a lot in common and are interested in the same activities. 
Because of this, we always do these things together, which is super fun and special. We're also in the same high school friend group and are currently in the same college friend group. So our lives outside of our relationship are naturally very intertwined. We do pretty much everything together, which I love, but I also want to make sure I hold my own identity while being married. Do you think it would be good for me to pick up a new hobby that can be completely my own? Also, do you have any ideas for new hobbies? I think that's great that you guys like doing everything together. If you enjoy doing that and it's not like a bad thing, I don't think you need to sit because you're hearing people say you need to be independent. You need to have your own hobbies. You're like, oh my gosh, I need to get a hobby because we do everything together. Like just enjoy the fact that you like doing everything together. I think that's really special. We always talk about how we need to pick up a sport because I'm going to be honest, guys. I work out by myself. I'm not very sporty. I never got the sporty gene. All my siblings did basketball and my brothers did baseball and I danced. So I was just never one for sports, but we always talk about how we want to get into tennis or something just to have a fun hobby. We've been golfing together though. So I guess I can say we could do that because we have been, but I feel like Aiden's better than me. So I want him to go do it on his own because I just feel like I hold him back. Anything can be a hobby. Like I like working out by myself and that's not necessarily me learning how to crochet or watercolor painting, which would normally be considered hobbies. It's just me liking to work out, but it's something I enjoy on my own. So I do think you should have something that you can do on your own, but it doesn't need to be actually like a hobby if you enjoy just listening to a podcast by yourself or anything like that I think it can be helpful just to do that but I actually think it's really special that you guys like doing things together because when you get married it'll be nice to have those kind of outlets because like I said when you're just doing the everyday things together all the time it can get kind of mundane so that's good that you guys have a hobby So that is everything that I'm going to answer for this video. Thank you guys so much for sharing your advice questions in regards to marriage. I think that these are just such great questions and it always makes me realize how much I'm just so thankful for you guys as an audience when you ask questions because I feel like you're in my mind and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would ask that too. So thank you guys for submitting those. Again, if you guys want to sign up to get chosen with World Vision, I will have it linked in the show notes. It's $39 a month, which I know can seem like a heavy lift, but I just think about the things in my life that I can cut out to actually pay for something that was $40 a month, like not getting Starbucks every day, which I've been doing lately, or I just cut a certain streaming service out because I didn't need to be using it. There are ways you can cut if this is something that you feel called to sign up for. So I'll have them in the show notes. I'm really excited. You'll get to be in the Facebook group with me. And I am really hoping some of you guys are in it because I'm just really excited to get chosen myself. So feel free to leave a review. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow me on Instagram if you want to be my next one and actually contribute and send a question that would mean the world to me. But I'm so thankful for you guys. I hope you guys have a great day when you're listening to this and I'll see you guys in my next one. Bye friends.